Hello and welcome back to just another football podcast. Back again. I'm back again after a little break. I'm joined tonight by the two Chelsea lads, George and Fergal. I think it's been a while since I recorded with you both. So uh, how are you both doing? I'm very well. Been uh, enjoying myself, sir. Good weekends. Good. Glad to hear. George? Yeah, good, yeah, good weekend of football. Pretty, pretty, pretty happy. Pretty getting ready to to go again on the podcast. Bit of out out of practice. Done one in like, <laughs> two months. Yeah, don't worry, mate. We've all been there. Your your podcast appearance rate is a bit like Lukaku's yeah. goal scoring form, isn't it? I'm constantly injured. That's. I mean, he does like. <laughs> I he used to idolise the guy. He's taken inspiration from him. Um, <laughs> he's a bit hit and miss. Uh, we've got plenty of good stuff coming today on the podcast. Obviously, the Manchester derby this weekend, uh, which should be the first thing we talk about. Got some of the other action from the weekend um, and some of the fallout from the Abramovich news, which obviously has happened since we last recorded. Uh, got the two Chelsea boys here to talk about that today. So uh, we'll have plenty of stuff coming your way. Um, we'll start off with the big game of the weekend, which was the Manchester derby. Um and I think that, you know, the stakes were high for kind of both teams going into this game for different reasons. Obviously, you got Man City getting pushed all the way by Liverpool, who are the form side in the league at the moment. They're winning a lot and, and playing very well. Uh, and we'll get to them in a bit. They sort of, But they got the result. Man City knew that going into this game. And there wasn't much room for error. And, and Man United, obviously, uh, had just been pushed down into fifth. We'd won at Arsenal one earlier in the day. And they've played three extra games now. So it was a big game for both teams going into it. And uh, it was competitive for a half, lads. That's probably, you know, the the, the best I could say for Man United yeah. kind of on that account. Yeah, I thought Man United set up really well in the first half, to be honest. Uh, and they, they if they carried on in that form, it, it certainly looked like it could have been a draw, even, you know, nicked, uh, nicked three points. They wouldn't have deserved it necessarily. I think they were the slightly worst side in the in the first half, but still, you know, uh, put up a fight, um, were competitive, looked like a Manchester derby. It, it wasn't sort of miles apart. And then obviously the second half is a completely different story. Um, mm. I'm sure we'll, we'll speak about I think the thing is, is that it is funny because everyone talks about how much worse they are than Man City, how, how there's lightest between the two mm. teams. And there absolutely is in terms of consistency across 38 games. But they have had a funny record against them in recent yeah. years, so particularly under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think they'd won the last, I want to say, last three games at the Etihad in all yeah. competitions. I think they beat yeah. them in the Carabao Cup game and they'd won the last two league games. And so they had history, but... And and as you said, for a bit of the game, probably, you know, the first half, certainly, it kind of looked like the template was similar, you know, sitting in, pressing where they could, but then looking to really hit them on the break, uh, like Spurs did a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they had a bit of success doing that. But I think the second half, particularly when it went to 3-1, I think there were two there were two points in the second half for me where the game changed. One was where it went to 3-1, and then the other was the substitutes he made, which I think were just before the third goal was yeah. scored. Where he brought Rashford and Lingard on, and it, yeah, I, I don't want to go in on individuals, but they're those two coming on, the, the overall team performance after that, the team balance and the way it kind of worked. I mean, they really didn't get a look in. I thought Rashford in particular, I thought the way he equipped himself, and it's quite relevant because the articles this morning and sort of the, some of the leaks coming out saying mm. he, he might be looking to leave the club at the end of the season because of lack of game time. And they showed a few clips of him tonight on Monday Night Football. 
and, I, and and he was and he was walking. And I think when you're playing a team like Man City that pass the ball around and work you to death, and you you, you really have to work hard just to get the ball back, and you've got guys that have played 60, 70 minutes of that, and yeah. you've just come on and you're unhappy of how much you're playing. I don't want to make this about Marcus Rashford, but it was kind of a flashpoint in the game where it just his performance was appalling and it really is stark kind of where, where he's gotten to um, with his performance. And, and, and I think he, he's a relevant one because he's kind of maybe symbolic of Man United this season. They've just totally lost their way. I don't know where they are. And it kind of looks like, I think at the start of the season, I, I didn't think they could win the league, but I think the expectation was they will go that next step and at least compete for it. You know, get into the eighties in terms of points and, and at least make a fist of it. Four. I think top four was minimum, but it wasn't just top four. It was they'll yeah. be top four, and they will. Uh, the so reason was, I'm, yeah, I thought I thought it was top four, and there'll be a clear gap between fourth and fifth. That's yeah. what I said. Eighty yeah. points because eighty points. I think eighty points plus is you're winning. It, it, it's more than two points per game on average. It's like across the season you're winning a lot of games, probably quite convincingly. And you've kind of, I think last season they had 74 points. So you can see that if you're getting 80 points and kind of knocking on the door, you've, you've gone to that sort of next step. And they just haven't at all. And, and as you said, they've regressed. And, that, and they're now in a position where top four is going to be a struggle for them. Because if you look at it, they've played 28 games now. So they've got 10 games left. Four of those 10 games that are left against Spurs, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Arsenal. So that's nearly half the games are against their other top six rivals. They've got, an, I think they've got Palace away and Brighton away, a couple of other sort of like tricky games mixed in. So there's not a lot of easy games for them. And that was the thing. You sort of looked at their fixtures when Ralph came in and you thought they're going to have to get points on the board because when you get to March and you sort of add the Champions League into the mix, it, they've got a lot of hard games to be dealing with. And I mean, they're now in a position as, you know, I think they're, I think they're third third horse now for the for the top yeah. four i think spurs winning tonight and spurs have games in hand and, and that game next weekend is, is looking a it's a big game i think whoever loses it is is in huge trouble if it's man united i think they're pretty much out of it um but i i just i i, I don't know where you guys kind of stand on them who who's to blame for kind of what's going on at the moment because while it's not ranyuk's fault necessarily i mean it isn't his fault he didn't sign any of these players he's coming mm. halfway through the season I wouldn't say he's making a great fist of it. I know they've got better. People will say they've got better, and I, and I understand the sentiment behind that. But they've played some really poor teams along the way, and the results haven't been great. Like they've been drawing to Burnley and Southampton, and they lost. To, they went out of the FA Cup to Middlesbrough. Um, it's just not the performances haven't been consistent across across the time that he's been there. Yeah, I think I, I think that's fair, uh, and I think R R uh, Ranić is having some real problems with dressing room characters as well, which Ollie didn't have. But the, I think the problem is is anyone who did come in needed to destroy this dressing room. Like yeah. you, there was there was no way someone who would come in could do the same thing that Ollie did and try and manage big egos with just praise and and no accountability. So no matter what manager came in, I think this dressing room split would have been inevitable between those who are going to try and move the club forward and those who are looking for excuses for the for themselves, for individuals. Mm. Um and and it could have been anyone. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think you're permanently in a position of only looking out for yourself and not playing for the team. 
but I think I think it's become quite stark, you know, in terms of certain players within the media that's come out that that just don't particularly care, um, mm. or, or at least are trying to save face. It, it, it was an embarrassing display the second half. It was genuinely yeah the, the last half an hour. It, I think, it was in really particular. it was really embarrassing, and they've got they they can only have three excuses, and none of them look good. One, they're they're miles off City quality wise, which isn't good looking at the spending of Man United. Two, they're, they're not as fit as City, which is disgraceful, if that's the case. If they can't last 90 minutes, then what kind of professional footballers are they? Or, mm. uh, or three, they don't care. They don't have the character. None of those excuses. But I, I, I think it's a combination of all the things you mentioned. Yeah, no, I, they, they are worse than City, no doubt. They aren't as fit as City. And some players in that dressing room undoubtedly, even if it's not a deliberate thing where you... Yeah, I don't no, think any footballer not, goes out on the pitch yeah, and thinks, yeah. I'm not going to try today. Yeah. But I just think if you're mentally not in the right headspace for it, you know, the, the two guys they bring on... It's probably a belief. That was one of the up, things. You're coming up against this team that you're not going to get a kick of the ball from and you know that you're not playing well and then you go... And then, you, you know... you. I, after the second goal, you, they, like and the way it happens, and it's a bit of a disaster, a bit of a mix-up, and all the rest of it. And see why you like you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, what is this like? Be, mm. you know, it may be so demotivating being in that scenario. Yeah, it's just players making mistakes. You know, the defending for the and it and it's embarrassing that that back line, that back four, cost to combine 175 million. That's I think it was. Insane. Insane. So it's not like they're that you know they're playing with um, you know like academy players back there like young kids or people they spent little amounts of money on like a shoestring budget. These are guys that they spent big money on, and I, I don't think any of them are good enough at the back four. Um, mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it's a pretty damning indictment when you look at the money that's been spent. So one of the comparisons yeah. they did yesterday was Man City and Man United over the last eight years or nine years since Ferguson left. And one of the um, means for comparison was net like spend. And Man United spent 1.2 billion, and Man City spent 1.25. And I, as an Arsenal fan, will bang on the drum and say Man City are guaranteed success. But then Man United are kind of a maybe a contradiction of that that you can spend all the money you want, but you have to have the right people running but, the club. Well, famously, uh, one of the, one of like the stats of like of Premier League era is that. There's no direct correlation between spend and um, points on the board. There is correlation between uh, a wage, however, and and uh, points on the board. But there's there's no there's no statistical proof that you spend more well, money, you you're going to get a better player, or a better team. It doesn't it doesn't guarantee anything. I think what I would say, and and I'll come back to this later on. I think when we talk about Abramovich a bit, I think if you have access to great amounts of money and you can spend big in pretty much every transfer market it allows you to make mistakes like man united will spend big next transfer window and the one after that and the one after that because they can city took a while to get their center backs right there you go gala and um the fullbacks they just kept like could not get the right ones for a long time arsenal done well out of that there's um, yeah, yeah, they took a few of ours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, it like it, it. You're asking who's to blame for it all, and it's like it's like clamorous <laughs> decision after clamorous <laughs> after clamorous. Who's not to blame? Would probably yeah, be like I, a shorter I, yeah, answer, it, a short response. I, 
but it's it's just like what one one poor decision and then that affects the next decision because then mm. so they feel like something drastic needs to change. Like it was constant flip flop between tactical style. They just need to stay. Like Ragnik might not be the best manager, but like you need to stick with like the philosophy. Look, look at like look at Leeds, and that's a terrible example at the moment. <laughs> but Leeds, Le- Leeds are gonna Leeds have gone. It's not going well, but we're not. Yeah, and it's it's almost a disaster. But we're gonna go and get a similar type of manager. Yeah, I'm not gonna go Sam Allardyce. Yeah. Not not gonna not gonna go Sam Allardyce. Uh, yeah, type of manager. And, there's and... no, I, I I agree, and and for me, there's no consistency, not just with managers, but with recruitment as well. Like if you go through all the players they signed over the last, that's what three, I mean, though, years, but it's it's the managers that cause that. Of course, it, of it, course. It, 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 and, um, then, it, and then Ollie, to his credit, when he came in, he tried to be like, well, at least we'll sign young players that are, are have a, a sell on value. Yeah, but they, but stylistically, and I think they've done a whole big. Uh, like you know, clear out of the recruitment team and brought in new people and stuff. But like the the maybe maybe they need to do that again if they're gonna do anything. But um, anything drastic. But like yeah, it's it's it, it's culminated in like just a mi- mix match of 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 individuals really. Yeah, I think they've got you know three or four different um players that will be better. Uh, uh, ideal in sort of different systems. Like you look at the likes of Juan Bissaka and Maguire, for example. They're going to be better in teams that defend deeper and and maybe hit yeah, teams Burnley. on the break. They'll be perfect for Burnley. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, sure. <laughs> um, before we finish, just a word on Man City. I mean, that I've been there. I, I think the reason I'm not so critical of Man United is because I've been there as an Arsenal fan, where you're getting beaten. I, I was interested where, which which where which where you'd been. I've been, I've been to Man City. <laughs> no, I haven't I've actually. Been top of the table and... No, no, God, God, no, no. Um, but I've been there as a fan where you're playing them and they're just they're, they're three nil up or four yeah. one yeah. up or three one whatever it is. And they're just knocking it around the back, and you can't get the ball off them. And you kind of, you, you, in your mind, I think, as a fan and maybe as a player, and and this isn't acceptable, but you've kind of just accepted. Look, the game's gone. Like, do you really want to expend a load of energy just chasing them around? It is acceptable now against uh, Man City in particular. I think that like they haven't dropped any points this this season from a winning position. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's- I, I mean, they are, yeah. They're the machine. They're a machine. It's ridiculous. I mean, when you watch them, like, play with a 1-0, and you've seen it a few times. I think there was a game, I think it was Brentford, maybe. They won 1-0. And and, and and in my mind, like, I've seen Arsenal win a lot of games this season by one goal, and I'm kind of, like, living every moment of it till the final whistle. But then when I watch Man City, and I think, like, as a Man City fan, are you ever anxious watching them defend a one-goal lead? It's like, well, they have 80% of the ball. The team... That they're playing against pretty much don't get it into their box. They don't. They they do the basics so well. They don't give away any stupid free kicks and stupid corners and throw-ins and territory like whatever it is. I, I've never seen a team defend a lead as well as they do. And it's not that they. It's not this kind of. It used to be Jose Mourinho, you know, Catanaccio, whatever it's called, where you sit deep and hit teams on the break and just you, you block spaces. They just don't let you have the ball. It's like demoralizing as i said like as sort of as, as an opposition um I, I i'm torn actually lads i don't know where the title race is going i mean we'll talk about liverpool in a second but 
Odds, I, I've still you've got a Batman City. I think they're Pep still Guardiola, the heavy favorites. Pep Guardiola, got, like, it's at home as well. I mean, uh, he's just incredible. He, he I think, genuinely, he is. Uh, if he if he had been in the Premier League his whole career, I reckon he he would be ahead of Fergie right now in terms of who is the best Premier League manager ever to be in the Premier League. He's mm. just. He's just incredible. It's hard to compare, like, I suppose, because yeah, like, yeah, no, the, the infrastructure's I, there at Man City, and I don't just need the been, money. If he'd, start, if he'd started at Man City when, at the start of his manager, he would have been got in. He would have been losing 6-0 to Middlesbrough, wouldn't he? Um, I bet Mancini <laughs> wishes he was the manager there now, because I actually think that since Pep's come in, it's... It's coincided with, I think, Man City as a club have run yeah, probably a lot better than they were yeah. when he was there or when it, Pellegrini it, was there. It's amazing that they have that much money and yet they've they've have been quite shrewd and seem to always you, you always look at Man City's top signs and all the time you go, that's value for money. That's it's quite a bang on the sort of price point. Maybe maybe not Jack Grealish so much that's the one that they've really pushed out but they had so many like 50 60 million signs that were mm. like just seemed like spot on like you're you're not getting done and, and all, all, all of them always work out the other thing about jack Grealish, i'm just like puffed into my head when like hearing the talk about Grealish and slagging him off in particular was just remember what bernardo silva was like everything mm-hmm. came in he was like, it took him a while to, to get used to it all. Yeah. And and that is the thing at Man City, I think what you see is because there's so many good players that it kind of, there's not that, uh, with Grealish there has been to an extent because he's English and because he was 100 million, there was kind of that spotlight on him for his performances up to date. But generally, that, the, Bernardo Silva's a great example. In his first season, he took a bit of time to hit the ground running. But no one mentioned it because they, he, everyone else he, was so he good. He was as good as Grealish, I think. Before in this up for Monaco, like he was ridiculous, yeah. and then he yeah. took a bit of time, but like no one cared because they were centurions, like they got a hundred points that season, yeah. and like no one notices it, you know. Crazy. Like it, it, it's a it's a great place to go in and learn your trade, kind of under the radar and develop as a player. Um, just a winning machine, and I, as I think they're going to be very difficult to stop. As as good as Liverpool are, and uh, we'll talk about that among other things after this. Welcome back. We'll get into some of the other weekend's action now. And as we've already mentioned them, we'll talk a bit about Liverpool. Um, just sort of briefly go over some of these games. Liverpool had a squeaky little 1-0 win against West Ham. Although, and you guys have probably seen this with Chelsea in your time, it was a sort of win that you see from champions sometimes where you're not at your best, but you just get the result and move on and you kind of you can just shelve it after that. Like, it does happen. You're not going to... As good as Liverpool and Man City have been the last few years, you can't be at 100% every game. And I think it was one of those where you're playing a tough opposition. You've played, I think they've played three times or twice since West Ham had last played, given their the Carabao Cup and then the uh, FA Cup in the week. So I think it was one just about getting the result. Um, where does it leave the title race for you guys in terms of Liverpool? Have they got any chance of chasing them down? For, kind of from their perspective, do you see any chinks in their armory? Because obviously you played them last weekend. Um, was there anything you noticed? Um, I, it, in terms of the tight racing, it's like, well, the same as it was because nothing's changed. Um, other, other than perhaps really beating someone that c- could have taken points off them. 
Um, but like, I wouldn't write. I never write Liverpool off. This Liverpool mm. team is special. Um, uh, so like, but it's heavily in in Man City's favour. Um, but I feel like well, we've we've drawn with Liverpool three times now. Um, and in both the Man City games, I didn't feel like we were anywhere close to them, really. Mm. Uh, so. that's where I I see it's a good point actually watching those games this season if I was a Chelsea fan you played Liverpool three times I actually think at least two of the games were probably the better team and and you actually got nothing well you got a couple of draws and then lost them penalties the Man City games you you were pretty comprehensively outplayed in both of them like particularly that home game I thought but yeah. that, I mean, that's not how you evaluate it. But kind of from what you guys have seen, Man City at that level, when they play like that against anyone, it's hard to get near them. Whereas I, I look at Liverpool, and that West Ham game is a good example of it. They do give you chances. Like even mm-hmm. in the Carabao Cup final, Chelsea had chances yeah, with that dude, high line. You know, Mount yeah. missed a couple, and there were some close offsides. Um, Lanzini missed give you chances. Chance, Lanzini yeah. missed this, and I, I think it was. I think it was, it was Lanzini or four hours. It hit one way over the bar from about three yeah, yeah. yards out. Yeah, uh, it's just an absolute sitter. But there was there was a few, there was three or four of those where one ball over the top. Uh, Van Dijk and Canato were very casual on the day. Yeah, I think um, if you so, sorry to cut you off. That's right. I think it, it, if you if you had to predict it, Man City's like squad are just more complete. They're they're just yeah. more complete. Uh, Liverpool still rely. on like realistically on a couple of individuals to, to pull them through games but they've added they have added firepower that is what i would say like i look yeah. at it now it before it was just mané and salah now it's mané salah jota diaz for me but the midfield facilitate well. not 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 necessarily goals from elliot but like i think i just think he yeah a bit of craft hanging on about that yeah. right hand side that it's oh. difficult to compare george i think because the midfield is, is there to facilitate you know the fullbacks yeah. and the forwards yeah. whereas man city is different like isn't it they play with technicians i know cantolo bombs on a bit but it's kind of the different systems they create yeah. from kind of different areas as good as they both are it's not they're not doing the same things um but I, I, at the moment like barring that ridiculous result against spurs with man city they have been very consistent i don't see many chinks in the armory um not as many as i do with liverpool who are a very good team um and we'll run them close like it wouldn't surprise me one bit yeah. if, if there aren't many. I, I mean, you'd expect them both to slip up at some point, other than that game against each other. But you just don't know. I mean, you look at that um, run to the line they both had in twenty eighteen nineteen, where they both just won every game to the end of the season from like March onwards. So it's two very good teams going at it, and it's kind of depressing that well, we're not at that level, and you're kind of in that sort of zone in between. Um, but uh, moving on. Uh, I want to talk about a, a bit of bit of Wenger ball at, at Vicarage Road this weekend. I was there, uh, taking it all in in the away end, and uh, well, I've used the term there, so I'll, I'll explain it. It was probably the closest thing I've seen to uh, Wenger ball since the man himself retired uh, at both ends, to be honest with you, because it was pretty chaotic at the back, but uh, we scored some lovely goals going forwards and uh, ultimately got the I, result. I don't know if you'll see a better three goals all season. In one game, yeah. I mean, either that the goal they scored, well, the first, yeah, yeah, yeah. Overhead kick one was brilliant, like, yeah. 
And the good thing for Arsenal is it looks like it was it that the repeatable moves. I mean, they literally repeat. It looks yeah, coached, doesn't it? Like, yeah. it it's it looks patterns coached. of play. It's not. It's not. I mean, Saka does well on his goal, winning it back and playing a one-two. But like the the other goals, it, it, and you look at it, it's patterns of play, particularly with Saka yeah. and Odegaard, sort of on that right half space playing the one twos and cutting it back you can see that and that's been happening more in recent weeks that's something that's getting coached and for me i've not seen that for years really it's all been kind of individuals and moments and, and not many of them in truth so i was yeah. pleased from that aspect i actually thought watford played quite well and i was quite relieved to get a result because it wasn't like we turned up and they were poor and just gave it to us they they yeah. did equip themselves quite well they did offer something I thought the last um, goal was poor, poor, but oh, it was terrible. But that, yeah. that, that, I mean, that I was annoyed with that as well because I watched it back. Shaka, I mean, what he does there is just unbelievable for an experienced player. There's like four minutes or whatever there was left plus injury time. We were coasting. I mean, we messed about so much after making it three one. We were like, and the reason I said Vengable as well, we were trying to walk the ball in after it went to three yeah. one. Yeah. There, there was a moment where like Lacazette and Erdegaard couldn't decide who was going to score the goal and were like trying to pass it to each other from about yeah. six yards out. Um, the, the good but, thing is though, right, at least Jack has used up one of his mistakes. And yeah, that is true. Gone. If you're going to make a mistake, do it then. I mean, I have to say I was cursing him in the away end though because it was like, I think it was the 87th minute and then there was five minutes of added time and you just oh, this should be four or five, one and we should be like on our way home. I thought but, Ben White was poor for that goal. He was, he got scared. Yeah, he, 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 he just came in flying. I have to say, like all round, I thought all four defenders and the goalkeeper were pretty poor on the day and, and, and it's fine because we won the game and, and scored three when you score three goals you can afford it and i have to say if you offer me a bit of chaos but we score three the opposition score two or last season when it was basically either we win one nil or the opposition win one nil and a lot of those games kind of before christmas it was you know we'll have one chance they'll have one chance and i just i couldn't stand watching it i'd much rather have a bit of chaos at least it's fun to watch now, had we drawn three all, I don't know if I'd be sat here saying the same thing, but like I think I can take a step back from it and go, do you know what? It was a fun game to watch. We scored three goals. I can't complain that much. And actually, like, on paper, it's probably one of our easiest games left this season, but they don't always turn out that way. Like, Watford are yeah. fighting for their lives down there. They've got some good players. Hodgson, if, he, if, if not anything else, is he's an experienced manager. He knows the league going to make it difficult where he can. I didn't think they were very good at the back, but, you know, yeah. they, they I, I, equipped themselves quite well. Yeah, uh, and I thought Arsenal's press looked a lot more uniform. It's been better. Planned. It's been it looked, a lot better. So much better. And I know, I know mm. it takes a while to, to actually instill that. So I think Arteta is finally getting his, his Pep side in um, mm. and what he learned under Pep uh, into this Arsenal team, uh, looking a lot more um, cohesive. Mainly yeah. losing Bamiyang helps with that in terms of press uh, and also I, I think link up play as well I don't see a Bamiyang doing the passes. he can't do what Lacazette does Lacazette was no. doing Lacazette's not you know he, he's not he's amazing league, but, but yeah, he's got yeah, seven yeah. assists in the last nine games you know no, a Bamiyang and the, he, and the two brilliant the the, as long as he doesn't shoot the two assists the he gets touches are, 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 are fantastic like and on Odegaard and it was a two of the goals he just done one touch passes. Just yeah, and like that, I don't that, know if like, he meant that little flick. I mean, if he did, it's no, unbelievable. He did. He did. I, he I, uh, I don't know. I've watched it a couple of times. It's sort of like I can't. But he, if he didn't, he reacts to it very quickly and yeah. he's off, and then he gets it back and he scored. Like he's been great. I think that's the you mentioned uh, Abamian going out of the team, and that that is one of them. If you trace it back to sort of the start of December, the other one is Erdegaard to come into the team. 
and he's just been fantastic. I mean, the yeah. last three months, he's just like every game has been eight out of ten performances from him, just running everything. Yeah, um, and I, he's been I, really good, and I, him I, and Saka are just great together. I find it hard to believe Arsenal won't win or won't get Champions League. I, I at I, the moment. I mean, I think, but but obviously, <sighs> do you know I what think it is? Real heavy favourites for it. I, we we are now. Well. I look at it. I have to say, I think with Man United, as I said, because they're they've only got ten games left, and four of them, I think, are very hard. I think we're fine. Tottenham, yeah. I'm a little bit worried about because they won tonight. We've still got to go there and play them, and it is six points if we win against Leicester next weekend. But if we don't, it's only three. I'm still a bit worried about Spurs, not necessarily because of what I'm seeing from them, but mm. just because it's Spurs and it would really pain me if we bottled it to them. So I can't quite like write them off. But we're favourites now. I, I suppose the only thing is, if you look at our squad, a couple of injuries, a couple of players lose form. It, it can yeah. change so quickly. But I think at the moment, it, it's interesting because we've not played quite a few times like recently because obviously you guys were at the Club World Cup and then Liverpool were in the Carabao Cup final. So we've had a couple of weekends off. And on those weekends off, our rivals have been slipping up. So there's kind of been this, oh, no one wants top four. No, we do. We're, we're actually, we've won yeah. our last four games. Yeah. I think the only time we've lost in the last 10 is Man City. And that was in the 94th minute. We, we've been consistent, but I think because we've not been playing, it's kind of like we, we've gone under the radar a bit. I think what's going to change now is, as you've said, we are favourites. And I think yeah. bar Gary Neville on Sky Sports last night saying we're not favourites, most people will look at it and think they've got three he's games in hand. He, he still thinks United are going to do it. Really? Yeah. But I then again, this is, this is coming from the same guy who said he didn't understand our strategy in the summer. So I don't know how much you can... Yeah. Uh, you really believe of what he says but we're in a good position uh, and, and as i said it's kind of i think the only reasons for concern at the moment are things that it's kind of projection it's not anything i'm seeing or anything that's happened it's what could happen what could happen yeah. if the pressure comes yeah. up what could happen if there's a few injuries or players lose form it's more concern for no, me I, as a fan I was, I was so impressed by arsenal against it, the, the goals especially the goals were, were just beautiful the goals were great and we were I, I, a bit I, sloppy I mean, but yeah but like I, I just think if you if you can keep if if you can keep those doing those patterns of play, like that's so hard to defend against. One touch yeah. pass and in around your box, be precise. I might, and when you've got off the ball, third man runs, it's it's ridiculously hard to defend. And when against. you've got, I, I think Sack is key to it all because Saka, he, he's so good one on one, like against any yeah. fullback. Their left back wasn't half bad, you know. Like he was quick and he was physical, but Saka just. He gave him problems because of his... He's so intelligent when he gets the ball and he changes direction quickly. He can beat a man. knows when to play one-twos like he did for the goal. He's key to it all, I think. If he gets injured, I don't see a direct replacement for him as as kind of uh, easily as I do some of the other players where you could... You know, Cedric's been in the side for the last few games at right back, for example. Like You can make do for a few games. We've made do when Shaq has been out or when Smith-Rowe's been out. Even with Aubameyang early in the season, we made do. I think if Saka got injured and, and Pepe played yeah. or Smith-Rowe yeah. instead of him, they don't offer the same things. So he's the one I would say if he gets injured, I'm, I'm worried. But it's all good at the moment. I'm pleased that like we're doing well. Um, looking at the other end of the table, it's uh, unfortunately not going so well for Leeds United and uh, our friend Fergus. Uh, no. They're struggling down there. Although I did think, I, I watched the game this weekend. Um, they were a lot better. And, and I know one of the things that people were saying was uh, 
it was their highest like XG difference of the season. Yeah. Um, and they were very unlucky to lose the game. Like no doubt they 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 should shouldn't have lost. They should have won it. Like they were the yeah, much better they, team. Plus two goals at XG. Or XG mm. goal, um, and um, and the last were just very clinical. Harvey Barnes. He's a great player. He's a great player. I I'm, I don't know who's going to pick him up, but uh, he's like, fantastic. Right. He's someone I'd be looking at for Arsenal next season. I, yeah. I, I don't know how easy it would be. To, I mean, you saw with Maguire with Man United, like they they burn them. I don't think they'll sell him cheap if he's if he's under a pretty long term deal. I yeah. he, he, I wonder is he going to be the type of player that w- he, he won't get that move and he let just run his contract down and mm. he'll end up being a squad player for someone. I think I think if if Liverpool hadn't signed like he's so explosive. Like, Liverpool's a great yeah. that's a great team to mention because you look at some of their players like Mane, Salah, they're explosive players, and he's there's no room one, like, from now. But it's... no, not now. But he is like as as a player profile, he does the things that you want from those kind of wide forwards or inside yeah. forwards. He he's fantastic, and if... yeah, good job. If Spurs were to lose sort of Son, it'd be a, they should like, be looking at him. Yeah. a very very good replacement. Uh... I, I I think we are giving too much credit to Leeds though. I, I yeah they have improved, um, but their defense is absolutely woeful. You know what I would one, say as well. One one two within the box and it literally splits them in half. Well, it's made, and the goalkeeper as well. Simple it is the most simple move in football. That. It is. It is genuinely so basic. Oh yeah, it wasn't like intricate, so, was it? <laughs> no, it was a good finish. It was a good finish. The keeper, the keeper should like... save it. I, I look at the goalkeeper. Every goal he concedes, they're not yeah. always like howlers. But you look at every goal he concedes and go, yeah, he could have saved that. Like, yeah, could, not not necessarily should have, but you go, could have saved it. Could have yeah, saved yeah. it. Like of the sixty goals or whatever they've conceded this season, I reckon fifty of them you'd look at and go, "Yeah, yeah. he could have saved that. Could have pushed yeah. it around the post." Yeah, it's not necessarily <laughs> errors. Like he has no, to but he just he, he doesn't like. I wonder what his post shot xG is yeah. because I can't imagine it's very good. And then I bet Fergus is going to look at it when he when he is his yeah, listen. It will be. Incredible. He'll, he'll send me a screen <laughs> grab. Yeah. 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 I mean, Leeds are Leeds are, uh, uh, for me are still going down. I know you I think? Said it in, Even I said after it watching Everton tonight. I did it in January. Leeds are worse than Everton. But, uh, I don't think they are. I know they lost 3-0 to them, but I, I, they're, they're, I honestly they're, 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 I saw I, I saw enough from them in that game. And part of it, by the way, Leicester was so bad. Le- Leicester yeah, reminded me of us under Emery in the first half of that uh, season where we were conceding 20 shots on goal every week. They couldn't spring two, string two passes together. And, and essentially what it was, which is what we had at the time, they had a match winner. It was a Bamiang doing it for us every week. And it was yeah. Harvey Barnes on this occasion. And they've got him, they've got Jamie Vardy. Uh, uh, one, one time they did manage to string literally Yeah, literally two passes together. <laughs> literally. I still can't believe they've got players like Albrighton in that team. I just oh, like, I, I, get, I understand the like, squad's you, washed, man. They've made some poor like, decisions in the, uh, in the uh, window. On top of that, you, they, uh, the commentators kept praising Dewsbury Hall. Like, yes, he put his body around. He made a load of tackles. He's, he's not it for me. I don't know. I don't know what his pass completion was. And I'm sure, again, someone will probably pull it up and it'll be 90%. I swear it was terrible. He was misplacing <laughs> passes all over the place. And I just, I just wasn't impressed at all. Uh, yeah, I just, I just think Leicester have a long way to go. To he's eighty-two percent, yeah. so um, pretty mad for a centre mid. It's pretty average for a centre midfielder. There was some, there was some poor passes that he made. Yeah, I, I just wasn't impressed with Leicester at all. I mean, at home to be conceding twenty shots against yeah. Leeds have been the worst team in the league. I think in, in like in twenty twenty two. I don't, have they even won a game? I mean, they've been so bad. No, uh, uh, in 
I think it's January their last game they won. Yeah, and it's not they've been getting battered. Let's be honest. I know they've played some good teams, but you know, getting beat six at Liverpool and seven at Man City and four against Spurs at home. I mean, the team I looked, I looked at the table and the team because of the games played, the team that Leeds need to do better than between now and the end of the season, and they'll be okay if they do, is Brentford. Brentford and Brentford yeah. got a and Brentford big won, win. didn't they? They beat Norwich. A big, big win. It, yeah, considering they're yeah. on a slide themselves. Oh, they've been playing like, terribly, Brentford. Tony, Tony got a hat trick, two uh, penalties. He's the Eric, best player on them. Quinn, he's the best penalty the taker I've seen. I don't agree oh, with Thomas love, Frank very often, but he is fucking good. Yeah, he's good. He's ridiculous. And now they've got Ericsson as well. Like, uh, yeah, a word on him actually. Um, they did a feature on him on Monday Night Football. His set pieces, uh, and, and just his quality. It, it was it was like because I, I watched Brentford the other week. We played them and. It was like watching Stoke. It like <laughs> someone said they're Stoke with good PR and <laughs> watching that, I thought, yeah, they're, 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 they are very like direct. But Ivan Tony wasn't playing, so the ball just kept coming back. It was like you're basically just giving us the ball. Um, but with him back and with Ericsson in there, they've probably and I think they've got enough points now to a point where I don't think they're going to get dragged into it. I think they'll be all right. I I I think I think it's it's. It's it's between Leeds and it's them. three or five I think now if I look at it the table I think Newcastle have done enough Newcastle had a good win yeah. again at the weekend and Definitely. they're 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 a bit like us they're riding it, the momentum is it eight games or six eight games undefeated for for Newcastle something like that they've won four or five of the last six maybe I yeah, think they drew to West Ham didn't they um, um, yeah, really yeah yeah I, well. I I still I still think it, it like it's between Leeds and Brentford as to Who's going to be that? What that, about Everton? That, that extra Everton, I think, are in it. Are, yeah, are, are, are in, I'm talking about just it, like definitely uh, yeah. in a proper, proper squad. I think yeah, you could include Brentford uh, as uh, the sixth, uh, possibly. Yeah, but I, I think, I think it's between, it's between Leeds. It's a wee mini league between Brentford and Leeds for like the whoever comes top of that is definitely going to be two man league. Yeah, it'd be a shame. It'd be a shame if the teams that get relegated are Norwich, Watford, and Brentford, only because I'd love to see a big team get relegated, like Leeds or or, or Everton, even Burnley to some extent have been a Premier League staple. Like one of them going down would be, even though I really like Sean Dyche, you know, obviously yeah. favourable towards Frank Lampard. One of those. I just what? Like I watch Everton tonight. And they just didn't have the stomach for it. Whereas Burnley, every year they're down there. They're, I don't think they've been in as perilous a position as this, like this late into the season. But yeah. they're, they're used to dealing with the pressure of every game, we're going to have less possession than the team we're playing. They have the ball, we defend, and we're looking to win games you know, by the margins. They've been so comfortable doing that for a number of years. Everton don't have the stomach for it. From what I've seen, I mean, Carragher said it tonight, the back four they played of, of oh, Kenny, uh, um, Holgate, uh, Michael Keane mm. and um, Seamus Coleman. It's a, it's a championship back yeah, four. Yeah, they're, they're awful. Well, uh, well, no, it is. Coleman, Coleman was Coleman's terrible. been a good player, Fogel, but he's yeah. finished. He's, he's absolutely finished. Yeah. He's he's yeah, I, t- I tell you what, I was, I was there. What, <laughs> I, was watching, I was watching it tonight, and although I was like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> but then on the opposite side, I was Kenny going, was one Darty. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Darty's finding a bit of form. I love to give Spurs players credit, but he's uh. Been alright the last couple of games. Him and um, have a nice wee link up. Yeah, let, let's just 
stop Maybe. there with, with the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them next weekend after they uh, inevitably got to lose because they are just on that uh, in that cycle of win lose win lose win lose win lose, which yeah. they have been for about two months. Um, last bit of the segment, I want to talk a bit about Chelsea. Um, good win for them, I think, because. There's been talk, and, and I, I don't think many people seriously believe it, but there's been talk of them getting dragged into the top four race. If they, if they sort of, they've been stuttering a little bit with the performances recently in the league. Um, but it was a good win in the end. I mean, it was quite funny, sort of. It was a three o'clock kickoff, so it was on Twitter sort of while it was on. And um, people were sort of saying, oh, this is Chelsea. They're struggling with a deep block again. And then suddenly it was 3-0 after about 57 minutes, about 12 minutes in the second off. It was yeah. like Burnley. This is, this is why, like, you compare Burnley and Everton, similar scorelines there, um, and you know, um, like how much they lost by. But it's chalk and cheese between the quality of, of the two teams. Like Burnley were like, we didn't get a sniff in the first half. They should have probably had a goal. Um, Havertz looked like they they were handling Havertz really really well in the first half. Mm. Uh, and um, the, 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 then in the second half, it was just one moment of quality from Reese James. It was Brilliant. great to see him hit the Brilliant goal. Run, yeah. uh, straight away. And then Burnley, because they know they're at the, the at this stage of the season, they know they have to try and push for, for to get a goal back. And yeah. Then, and then Chelsea picked them off on, on, on transitions. But like... Um, but the, like Burnley, I still, I'm still... Every time I look at them, I go... Like literally, I don't think I've seen right, a bad before. I wouldn't I not watch them every week, but like I don't know if I ever see a bad performance from Bernie from start to finish. I'm always like, oh geez, they were a bit unlucky. If they had the a quality's goal, quality's not quite there though, is it? No, the quality, the quality's never quite there. But like, I always just feel like if they had scored that, it could have been a different game. They always have that, moment. and that is what they do. Like they are, you know. Um, yeah. They, they win games by the odd goal. They take their chance and then they're pretty solid when they go in front. I know someone will probably then pull up a star. They've lost this many points from winning. But, but traditionally, like they do, they win games by the odd goal and they're comfortable defending one goal leads. You know, they did it expertly yeah. at Spurs a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it, it was just the quality of Chelsea. And, and, and you mm. mentioned Havertz there. He was quiet first half, but he suddenly just came to life in that, in that second half. And... Scored two good goals. I want to ask you about him. Do you think for the rest of the season he's the answer to kind of go with up front? Because Lukaku's not shown any form in the last few few weeks and, and months, to be honest with you, uh, yeah. since he made those comments. And mm. Havertz kind of looks the best option now. He played well in the Champions League against Lille. He played well in the Carabao Cup, albeit in the, in uh, he did play as a false nine, didn't he? And then Lukaku came on and they kind of moved him. Um, I, what, what do you think? I, I I'm like. We have to make, we have to try and make Lukaku work. So I feel like we can't give up on him between now and the end of the season. Having said mm. that, there is very little showing from Lukaku that he, it, one is efforts looks like, like seems like it has dropped off, and it, it, there does seem to be an attitude problem. And also, Havertz just like the team, the whole team looks better. It just looks. Mm. So much better. So like Havertz, his efforts there, and then everything else is clicking as well. And so if you're being, if we're being cynical, and if Thomas Tuchel is going to have the same attitude as he's had with the goalkeepers with the strikers, it's Havertz in it from now to the end of the season. And I, yeah. I did say this, I did say this a little while ago. Uh, like, is is Havertz going to 
going to be this main striker, and like he's he's looking really good. You know, who's the answer for me. Sorry, Josh, to cut you off. No, no, go okay. Tammy, Tammy Abraham. Yeah, he's a pretty decent player. <laughs> Amen um, to that. Amen. <laughs> I think he scored again on the weekend. He, he? did. He yeah, did. He did. Tabs and Tammy. <laughs> tabs and Tammy. Little tabs on Tammy. There you go. Uh, yes, for me, the only the only redeeming factor for Lukaku at the moment, and obviously I'm going to try and yeah, here he goes, here he goes. No, Give him no, some no, rope. Um, hang himself. No, genuine, genuineness. Um, having Reese James back in the team is going to be absolutely massive for Lukaku. Mm. Someone who offers that bit of width uh, and a bit of creativity from a wide angle. I don't think Aspilicueta could do that. Um, you know, I met. I remember he probably he was decent. A couple. Aspilicueta has got the deep cross, and that yeah, it's a Maratta. I remember yeah. Maratta. Yeah, always yeah. used to put in some headers, but yeah, Reese James is going to hopefully reinvigorate um, both Havertz and um, Lukaku because let's be honest, neither of them were really scoring consistently. No, it is a good point. Like on on Havertz, he hadn't scored since the in the league since yeah. the previous Burnley game where I think he scored in a one-all draw. So. Yeah. It's not like he's been set the world alight, but I think his performance in that Champions League game and then when he played against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, I, I think he just showed um, more than Lukaku's been showing recently. Yeah. And as Fergus said, the rest of the team played better, and that is yeah, the most said, important thing. He creates it doesn't... more spaces and, and yeah. he more pressures. You know, that yeah. is simple. Well, uh, it sounds stupid, but like, like, he doesn't have like a pre- it doesn't He doesn't have a presence, and that kind of actually helps him because he's able to just ghost in mm-hmm. and like and like he's, he scored i think it was um it was his third header of the season for a goal and like um he's he's, he's better in the air than, than lukaku when it comes to like the complete, it was it looks so easy though didn't it like, was yeah within, he, he, you know, he's that a bit just like he, he has an elegancy about him and like lukaku on the other hand is making everything look like hard work yeah so, yeah, he's playing with timber and boots on he's started <laughs> crashing about the pitch <laughs> But no, yeah. I, like, I, 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 I think that's your best option. And it is interesting you mentioned the uh, having to make it work because, well, previously I would say Chelsea haven't had to do that with signings. But going forward, there might just be that added pressure. Yeah, might just be that added pressure. Especially, we'll, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get onto that in the last part of the episode. Welcome back to the last part of the show, and we've uh, we saved the best to last, at least from my perspective as an Arsenal fan. Uh, the news that's come out this week that Roman Abramovich has put Chelsea up for sale, he's uh, he's going to be out of here, well, I, I would say soon, but I think the sale's going to uh, take a bit of time to, to find a buyer and go through, but uh, yeah, um, we'll talk about that sort of, you know, from a wider point of view in a, in a, in a bit, but kind of the, the relevance of it, at least for, for the weekend, was... Uh, the chanting that was going on in the away end sort of during the um, applause, the minutes applause that was going on for what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. And, uh, well, the Chelsea fans started chanting Roman Abramovich's name. Um, your reaction to that, guys? Could you be so tone deaf? Is You know, it's just, it's just yeah. absolutely. I like, no, you can't sympathise with what they were trying to do. I, like, I, there's some part of me that is just, uh, yeah, you can't, how can you be so tone deaf? It's just, it's just despicable, really. 
Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Sorry, like if you would mm. come in, Turgle. Mm. I just look at it, and, and I hate Roman Abramovich, and, and like take the politics out of it. I hate him for what he's like empowered Chelsea Football Club to be able to do. He's basically yeah. like given them two Champions Leagues, like five league titles, or wherever it's been, like loads of domestic cups. He's they've won every trophy in the book uh, under under his watch. So I, I understand the point of view that for a lot of these Chelsea fans, he's probably given them some of the best moments of their life. Yeah. So I, I do understand that there's a there's a gratitude and an appreciation there, to him. There's also but, the point that I think a lot of a lot of Chelsea fans this week have felt like sort of the 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 clubs being personally attacked for this, for what's yeah. happening in Ukraine uh, and like um you know the, and I think so the, there was a bit of that in it in it that yeah. they had like mm. had it all week and then and and then that's turned the whole supporting Ukraine thing into a thing about them, which is that's the bit where I'm like just missing the point like it yeah really is, yeah and I, and really, I think it really it. isn't about chelsea whatsoever no. yeah yeah and, and i was gonna say i think you can you can have all of those feelings towards abramovich you can have appreciation you can um you can love him for what he's done for the football club and 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 what have you but it, it's a timing thing i, I yeah. just think that when yeah. you, you and, and people can have their opinion on kind of what these gestures mean and how effective they are and kind of that's another discussion itself but ultimately, you're doing it. Just, just, just don't be so tone deaf. I think tone deaf was the yeah. right phrase from George to use. Just it, because it doesn't look good. Like I have to be honest with you, it doesn't look good. It kind and of. And I, I, I think majority majority of Chelsea fans watching it. I like I saw a follow a couple of guys that would go the season holders would go to the game and like they were liking tweets about like just how tone deaf it was. Um, I, I so... think I, I honestly, and and I don't mean to make this about individuals. I think John Terry's tweet the other day was tone deaf. Yeah. To be honest yeah, with you, yeah. where yeah, he, yeah. Said he, he said he said like thank you for everything, or whatever it's, it was. Whatever his he Twitter said. account might as well be called tone deaf. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. But um, I, and he can have all those sentiments, but like don't put that out to a wider audience because then that that what happened on Saturday is why what John Terry tweeted three days ago, that's why it matters because that yeah. then, and I'm not saying that's the only reason they did it because they saw what, what he tweeted, but it's kind of yeah. like a, it's a soft influence, right? It's yeah. a kind of a contributing part towards it. You know, the, 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 part of the greatest that's player in Chelsea's yeah. history yeah, yeah. is validating that yeah, point definitely. of view. Definitely. So it kind of like stems wider questions, I think about, you know owners in football and and the kind of the morality side of it because i have to say like if i was a chelsea fan it, i'd feel i think i would feel very differently about abramovich particularly at my age if i'd grown up and kind of you're not thinking about the morality of owners like when you grow up watching football you're just no, watching not, a team on the yeah. pitch and, and no, they're no. winning games and making you happy and football itself it kind of is is for me anyway i go every week and it's kind of an escapism for 90 minutes or whatever you're watching a team that you've you're you know there's tribalism there's passion there's loads of emotion that goes into it and, and all that matters for that 90 minutes is what goes on on the pitch and he has allowed chelsea and and their fans to experience so many great moments so i i, I do understand the idea that they, they, I think worship's the wrong word because I don't think you should ever feel that way about an owner. But I understand the gratitude towards him and I don't think necessarily they are inclined to look at the politics of it. I don't think the burden of that falls on Chelsea fans. I think it falls on those that are running the game and it has done for, you know, 15 years or whenever he came in 2004. 
that that's yeah. my perspective on it i i'm like i i, I yeah i'm like that I, I wouldn't um wouldn't hold a grudge against anybody that is like is like so thankful of for uh, tim ramish what what he's done i started supporting chelsea because uh damien duff was my favorite irish player shockers to yeah. ireland and he was playing for uh, for Chelsea, and they just mm. won the league. It happened just at the moment I was getting into football, and they're a good team. That's why I started supporting football. Yeah, I started supporting Chelsea. So then I grow grow up, and you learn about Bramwich, and you learn about some of the dodgy stuff, and and like it then it does like it does become like a, a moral thing, and depending on who we get, I'm kind of looking forward to it, to be honest. Mm. I, I'm interesting. I'm, I, 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 it's just the type of person I am. I've never, I also, I'm also like, I'm not, I'm not, I know what level of fan I am. I'm not die, I'm not absolutely die hard. Chelsea yeah. are always right, sort of, sort of fans. Like, and, and like, you know, that that's to my detriment in, in some, some aspects of being a football fan. I'm not, I'm not a season ticket holder. I know mm. where I stand in that sort of pecking order. Um, and, but for for me, like Abramovich has been great. But my favorite bit, my favorite, I think my favorite season support in Chelsea, one where I was like really, really, really into it was when Frank Lampard was managing with all the kids coming through, and that wasn't really like like don't get me wrong, we had Kovacic on a sneaky wee deal, and and Pulisic was <laughs> Pulisic was, already was, signed, was, yeah, was yeah. out and stuff like that. So it wasn't it like it was still about hundred million spent, but I was. I really enjoyed that, and and I really enjoyed the carbon lads coming through, like Cherub Chalaba having his moment on the first day of the season and stuff like that. It like, so it, it's great that we have this infrastructure uh, in place because of a brand which, <clears throat> and we're able to move on. And fingers crossed, we move we move on. And like, there's no guarantees with with if, with a billion, with billionaires. But yeah. Fingers crossed, we move on to someone who is easier to to like. Uh, and to not feel so dirty about where the money's coming from. Um, I think there's, I think there's, there's a problem, problem though. Problem, I think yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I think there's a pro- problem with that. First off, I mean, with Chelsea fans, um, sort of praising obviously Abramovich and 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 being, um, you know, uh, thankful for for what he's given. For me personally, I I don't attribute moments of success to Abramovich for example Champions League first Champions League that to me is is Roberto Di Matteo a Chelsea legend beforehand mm. um you know FA Cup final goal um then on on top of that you know uh, seasons notable seasons for me um Ancelotti um uh, just winning the double was was fantastic mainly because of our style of play any sort of Jose Mourinho moment and then and then Frank Lampard nearly tops it as well uh just for the football romance yeah i just think i i've got to disagree Fergal, that any i don't think celebrating abramovich leaving is is particularly wise um i think it's kind of naive to to work. i'm not look, i'm not i'm not i'm not yeah. i'm not celebrating probably is a bit over the top but i i think it, 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 it heavily it. depends on what who who's. who's but then I don't buying. think there is a, an ethical billionaire. No, that's what I was going to say. That was my. 
and yeah. then and, there is a then, more ethical billionaire. Th- that, that's yeah, the point I think it's kind of like there's a lot of gray in between I think if you're saying okay what Abramovich does and what the Saudis do and it, like that's black but then in the middle you can find faults with you know all the American guys that are in football there's other Russians that are in football Man City are owned by you know Sarah Emirates like I think I mean, we've my, lost... my, my, my hope my hope is that the best case scenario is that me because we're not gonna I don't I, the chance of getting uh someone that backs Chelsea as much as Abraham should like Chelsea really I don't think it's lot. gonna happen and that's, that's what I was gonna, gonna say that, yeah. the, only, the only chance of that is getting a, a, some state to come in and then that's yeah. definitely not morally right so I don't want I definitely don't and, want and I, I also don't think a state will come in because I think what you saw on Saturday is it's going to take a long time, I think, to wash Abramovich's image off Chelsea. I think they are entrenched with it. And, yeah. and, and you know, I think that that's... Ultimately, if you ask most Chelsea fans, I think they'd take that. I think they go, do you know what? I give us two Champions Leagues, one a load of trophies. Yeah. It is what it is. Like, we're grateful to him. And I think it takes time to kind of, like, take his image off the club and move on. Yeah. And I think... Well, 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 what, what, I just finished my part. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Best case scenario is is a billionaire that you know put in a a, a bit of investment, but is gonna set up the club to run sustainably. We're at a point now where, like, sort of like Liverpool, but hopefully not take money out of the club. That's that's best case scenario. That's the, yeah, it, it yeah. Is, is that you're you're I looking just... at someone that that is happy for Chelsea to to run on its own in its own right but try not siphon money out like like Man United, for example. I think what you've just mentioned there as well is something that Chelsea haven't, and you kind of mentioned it with the Lukaku signing, like having to try and make it work. That's not, I think, something they've had to do with a lot of their signings. Yeah. Like when they've signed a player and it hasn't worked or a manager and it hasn't worked, get rid of him. On to the yeah, next. The amount, the amount of buyback clauses we've, or like buying players back you've been able to do goal. that like we've because... we've, been, we've been managed to, we've managed to win like this last Champions League we managed to win it after selling Lukaku De Bruyne and Salah like mm. like I don't think there's many other clubs that would have gotten Just away see... with, with doing that but you've had a Bramovic we've had we've had as kind of a, a benefactor basically that is what his role but the problem here is that's that's beside the debate the problem here is not the fact that Chelsea have infinite resources the problem is where do those the only reason Bramovic has been kicked out is not because he's super rich so so getting rid of Abramovich, it doesn't create a catalyst for change in football. It doesn't change anything. At no, 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 of course it doesn't. In fact, I don't. I, don't, uh, well, yeah, I think it well, changes my, my nothing was... Chelsea whatsoever. No, but he's saying, where does it leave Chelsea? Like as a well, football it, club, it, right? it doesn't change. It doesn't. Nothing changes. So it, oh, it, I think it does, though. From, from a footballing, it doesn't matter. From a footballing perspective, what Fergal just said there, and and what I think as well, Chelsea now, when they make mistakes there will be consequences for it. Whether they sign bad players or appoint the wrong managers and give players poor contracts and like blah, 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 like loads of footballing decisions that they've been able to write off before. They will not be able to do that now. No yeah, one else apart we, from maybe Man City. Like 100 million, just be, like he's been like... Well, they are yeah, Bramovich was... a billion and a half. I mean, he's not going to reclaim yeah. it, although he has put the well, club no, up for one, one, one and a half billion over... Um, 
over market value so he's not some sort of philanthropist but yeah yeah but then then why why are people saying this is a good thing for football then for Abramovich to leave because I I don't understand that like I don't think people are I think that horse has already bolted I think the horse bolted when he first came into the league this is this this is my point is that I this is just a funny question a a funny question the the horse the horse is bolted now come back it can't. The, the, can't. the, orig- the, the original yeah. horse has, has came back. Can we now just kick out the rest of them? Can, Let's get rid of the Saudis and you're not there, remember? Let's get rid of the people People acting like this can change things. It can't. I don't we've think people lost, are. We've lost the I, I actually don't. No, think I, that. I, I haven't really heard that. I'm just talking about going forward as me as a fan. I, yeah. I, I, mm, I, I from a Chelsea I, perspective. I, 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 the next success we get, I think, will be harder earned. But it is interesting. I, like, I, I know, yeah, I know Chelsea fans like that that go to the games and and are passionate about it, and and they don't necessarily feel the same way about Abramovich that you do. They're gutted no, about him leaving, no. and they they don't give a fuck that he came over to sports wash and and wash his reputation and uh, and as well, Harry. Because I mean, if you if you could go to any football fan in the ground and say name another oligarch. They probably can't. A majority mm. of fans within the Premier League have a massive disdain for Abramovich. He could have genuinely hid his millions. Yeah, but Chelsea fans don't. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he's not sports washed because sports. I think he he undoubtedly has in terms he of has. he's he undoubtedly has. improved he his reputation. Mate, no, he, he sold the resources of a country. And now you've seen it with Chelsea fans. This is how sports washing is successful. You take tribal football fans. They, the, the guys that go to the game every week, everything. 90% yeah. of them will defend been, anything he yeah, does. The problem is 90, 90% of a tiny percentage of this country. He, is, he has worsened his reputation by being affiliated to Chelsea. If he had just been living in England and he's had his assets maybe freezed, um, no one would have heard of that. No one would have heard of him, potentially uh, because of his famous yacht. Well, I, I guess it then but, comes down to, are you better off? So, so are also, you better off if more people feel strongly for you and will defend you at any cost, mm, but then well, you alienate like a larger percentage? That's, I suppose, what it comes I, down I, to. I, yeah. I, 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 th- I think you're, I think the sports watching bit, like, that's before... That's before. You have to take. It's almost like you have to write off the Ukraine bit for the sports washing. Sports yeah, washing, I can include that in that. Yeah, I, I, you, I, you, I take that out of it. And, and also, you can make an oh, argument yeah. that he's yeah. he's been, because he's because he's bought Chelsea. He himself has been given a bit more time than some other people to sort it out. But, I mm. I disagree. I I I think. Um, obviously, I don't know the other situ- situations with the oligarchs, but um, in, in terms of in terms of Abramovich, I think he could have had a very quiet, happy, rich life. I think he's bought Chelsea not to improve his. P- it's not PR. Like as much as much as yeah, he might have bought it for that reason, but he but it's has, not it's not the intention. Helped. It's helped. No, but it hasn't. It hasn't I mean, only he knows what the the it's motivating intention was at the start. Him of money. Yeah, it's bled him of money. It's it's decreased his popularity in England like tenfold. It's not been a good investment in terms of PR in in sort of relation to uh, Man City owners and and Newcastle owners. And I'm not saying that that his motives 
um, and necessarily, you know, um, better better than than those of the Saudis and the Qataris. What I'm saying is, there was clearly a project here with Chelsea, and the the, the main project was not to improve his PR. It was to win. It was to win titles. It, it but, genuinely was because he could have invested. I think in they're linked. I, like, I, 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 I do get that point. I, I, maybe it's a, it, it's a secondary positive. That, but I, I, I just imagine that he, he's gotten a lot of opportunities because he's Chelsea manager that, that he wouldn't have, or Chelsea owner that he wouldn't have got if he had it just been some, just an oligarch. A multi, multi billionaire. I think, I think you, you. I mean, he's had he's before before Ukraine. He had his visa revoked in England. He's not had special treatment in England compared to other oligarchs. He's he's not been treated well by and no, no, be, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, he I agree with that. Like, uh, if fans rejected in Stamford Bridge, this this is not a man who is who is looked favourably on by by politics, by political figures, or by the general public. So, so I just think sports washing is too simple of a explanation to why Chelsea and Abramovich. Well, no, it, it is more. I think it, as I said before, like, and you make a good point. Like, how many other Russian oligarchs could own it? Like, not many, to be honest with you. Like, would I have heard of him if he didn't own Chelsea? Would I have a strong um, disdain for the man if I didn't? If he yeah. hadn't um, empowered the one of our biggest rivals and led them yeah. to win loads of? Yeah. Probably not. But as I said to you, it's if you're looking at the sports sports washing element of it, and and you believe that what you, the, the argument you would make is there is a small percentage of these guys that worship the guy. They like they're like a hero figure to him. So it's like, I, does that outweigh all the other negative PR I, I, and, I, I and think, reputational stuff that he gets? I think I think the the bit that ruins your argument, George, is you. You are a very socially aware, very politically minded person. Yeah, you're back in a, an, an oligarch in this scenario. No, that's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, am, yeah, I, I am. think that's sports watching. He is the best thing to happen to, to Britain since um, uh, sliced bread. Uh, but do, do you, like, do you share Fergal's optimism to kind of take it away from politics a little bit, George? Do you share his optimism for Chelsea going forward? Like, do you no, think it's a good thing? I think we invest much less in the community, and I think we, um, I, 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 I don't think we'll ever. I no, only because I just don't think there is a right owner. So, so no matter what happens now, mm. um, Bramovich has has put a stain on the the club. So so deep it's so deep rooted that chelsea will never get away from the fact that we are a club that is built um on an oligarch pumping in billions that, mm. so so, no, so we have only been bought for two billion or three billion because of roman and bramovich and that mm. will forever be chelsea's legacy it, we we could get bought by a, a, a pauper and it would it wouldn't somehow I don't know it could be yeah. gifted but it, it, to, that's always going to be there as you yeah. Uh, yeah it could be no, bought no. by a Euro Millions winner yeah it, it, I I could take custody of the club and I couldn't improve the PR um, no I don't think the PR changes it's just like or, or it, no, just the perception Chelsea doesn't yeah. change now and I don't change. I don't see how it imprint like no. y- you might start running like a pro- like we've spoken about this before like managers at Chelsea have never been able to build legacies and become legends and. It's always been kind of Chelsea have 
have succeeded kind of in spite maybe of some of the decisions that have gone on. It's the, almost the been chaotic. always been there to sweep up mistakes and just go, yeah. oh, well, that didn't work. We'll try something yeah, else. Yeah, just do something else, whether it be yeah. players or managers or whatever. Yeah. But now I think, like, unless you get another person, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. It like it doesn't. It's not very common in football. But, but, but I, 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 like, I see, I see. I'm hope, as I said, best case scenario is that we don't get someone that's going to try and make take money out. out. Make money, yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Take money. Yeah, out. That is best case scenario. I'm well aware of that that yeah. it's likely that we'll try and get someone that's going to try and make yeah, money and... but the but in doing in doing that, it might go towards more more my football and philosophy the fact that they have this great asset in the academy and that we're not we're not going to sell Gurhi and give Magnan yeah. Sar a go and then you know Magnan Sar just be absolutely awful that's a positive element to it actually and like Chelsea have had the best academy over the last you know 10-15 years and how many of these guys haven't haven't been given a chance haven't made it you know yeah. and, and, so and, and, and so I, I think I think the new. I think any new owner, because we're not going to get one. I said we're not going to get another Abramovich type that's going to pump in uh, one and a half billion and then be like, right now, and I write it off. Back. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it it's it's the next one that comes in is going to think twice before before letting a Livermento go. Any of these top academy projects, because they're going to see that they're a fifty million pound assets. That 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 Chelsea may end up but uh, having to buy back. I think the 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 best case scenario would be Chelsea fan ownership for fifty one percent, but that'll never happen. Yeah. If we were the catalyst for that, if we push that and manage to achieve People it, which gone in England, it, isn't it? It would be. Yeah. It'd, it'd be, it's, again, well, we stopped the Super League, so we, we, maybe we could solve all the issues. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it, that would be the best case scenario for me. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, like I think, as I think the likely outcome is you'll yeah. have to function like a Liverpool, like an Arsenal. You'll be you'll be self sustaining. Liverpool, Liverpool are an example of a club that have done it well. Yeah. Arsenal have been kind of we, we, they used to take money out. Now we're out of the Champions League. They've had to stop putting money in, and they've had to invest a bit more. And and like that 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 self sustaining model, when done well, I in an ideal world, fantastic. It's, like, I, it's an idealistic, optimistic, and it uh, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. You have to get every decision right. Like Liverpool basically with their recruitment got every recruitment decision and managerial appointment not right for about yeah. three or four years, and not then only... didn't have any injuries and won the league. Yeah, they have everything perfect. They, they've only won two trophies in sixty, two major trophies in sixteen years. So, really, realistically, do they actually keep up with Man City? No, they don't. But they can't, we're, and we're that was it. Will Chelsea ever be able to keep up with Manchester City? No. And will because Chelsea get back to where they were? <sighs> no. And uh, I think in terms of competitiveness in the Premier League, it could be Newcastle, Man City for the future. Yeah. yeah. It's a depressing thought. I mean, it really is. I've spoken on this before. Like, it's not a ni- you're not in a nice place uh, with football when you're basically begging to be taken over by... And, and I know you guys aren't because you're kind yeah, of no, yeah. like, morally aware fans, but... Like, if you want to succeed in the sport, you basically have to either, as I said, like, as a self-sustaining club, get every decision right, or you have to be state-owned by some not very yeah. nice people, quite yeah. frankly, to put, to put it mildly. Um, I mean, if, if you haven't got the, the fan base, uh, um, you know, you, you look at Leicester, 
they had to get every decision right just to have a chance to get in. Just have a couple of years, and even then they didn't uh, get and, into the and Champions then now, now that they, 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 a few things haven't gone right, they, they're, they're nowhere near it. So like, it's it's a re- it, the league is so tough. It is funny. I, I saw something the other day from from Swiss Ramble, and it was the it was mm. like the commercial revenue streams over the last like five years or whatever. And Man City were like dubiously top of it, like ahead yeah. of Man United and Chelsea and Liverpool. It's just like, no, you're fucking not, lads. They, they had another <laughs> random no, brand. Yeah, they another had... dubious sponsorship, I'm sure. It was like, it was okay. I just, it's the first time I've noticed it. And it was like sort of pixelated logo. Yeah. I was like, I wonder where that's from. Oh, um, but they've been. Do you know what it is? That they're in a position now where Man City's owners are far more wealthy than the, the governing body. So they, they they get taken to the um, court of arbitration and they get let off because they've got more money oh, to fight it. it. I mean, they should have thrown that, out the Champions League. That UEFA thing was the reason they lost that is because it gone past the the the, the their own, UEFA's own time limits. Yeah, it was a that farce. Was, that was just UEFA being pathetic. It's just, but it's just a farce. Like, and for, it football sold it. And, and and Abramovich, I have a lot of apathy towards him, I suppose, because mm, sure. that was the yeah. start of it. He yeah, yeah. like that that um takeover was the start. This is where we sold our soul, and this is where you kind of let these sharks into the boardroom, and you're not going back from there. And as I said before, like it's not on the fans to raise a stink about this. Like Newcastle fans protested against Mike Ashley for the best part of ten years. They couldn't get rid of the guy, so. You know, good luck trying to get rid of the Saudis. It's just not going to happen, yeah. and it's not on them to do that either. Um, football sold its soul a long time ago, and those that are running the game are responsible for that. And this is quite a depressing state of affairs to uh, to put it to put it quite mildly. But yeah, yeah I, leaves... I, into, into, like I've I've enjoyed the fu- the fine wine, the steak, and, and everything. I, yeah, I, if if it means a few years of getting down and gritty and. And you know, like being a like I I the the main thing I hope it comes from this is that is that we just look to the academy and maybe look mm. more longevity, which is something I've always wanted Chelsea to do. Yeah. I think this might so, force us to to look that way. Which, you did it. You uh, mentioned uh, it. Like you had to do it. You know, to an extent for a season with Mount and Abraham and some of these guys that where you couldn't sign. You had a transfer ban and Lampard was manager. Yeah. It's twice out here. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, like watching Arsenal this season, like I know we're doing well, so it's quite easy to say it. But like, even if we weren't, you, you're you're prepared to forgive mistakes when it's when it is youth and you kind of you do see an upside to it. I think, and you identify a bit more with the players that are playing for the team. I think than if you're just you know signing loads of players and they're just crap basically for, yeah. for big money. It's just it's quite it depressing. Also, it also means that like the transfer budget mightn't be so so big come the summer. So um, it it reduced the the likeliness that Chelsea are going to sign Declan Rice, which is even better. <laughs> very good, very good. I think we'll finish it there for today. Thanks, guys, for your time as always. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers.